Welcome to the NFL edition of the Bold Take Podcast. I'm Austin Wader. With me, as always, the great man that is Austin Hill. So what? Let's let's just face it. There there was a lot that happened in the NFL this weekend. A lot. A lot. Um, some mostly off the field stuff, but we will get to that later because I would talk about how there's a college football episode that you need to go listen to. Absolutely, we talk about the mayhem, the top twelve teams now, and how. So much could happen in college football. Absolutely. It's going it's going to be crazy. That's all I'm saying. So you should go listen to it. But now we got to get into NFL because a lot to talk about. Let's start with this weekend. We had There was multiple things that happened. Kickers don't know how to make kicks, apparently. Rough weekend to be a kicker. Absolutely. Chargers and Browns, an instant classic. And then the Bills going into Kansas City and not only beating the Chiefs. Absolutely dominating them absolutely so what was your biggest takeaway from this past weekend um kansas city's offense really isn't the same as it's been the last couple years because um i was never fooled by tyron matthew um for some reason people think he's like a top five safety in the league or something i i really don't i, I for a top no, five safety he seems to be some guy that's always complaining with his hands in he seems to always be 20 yards away from the guy he's supposed to be guarding <laughs> um and that's not good uh, no. obviously i got gashed uh tyron matthew-esque last night in flag football <laughs> so i know it's not good i gave up a big old fat touchdown and you um, put your hands over like what are y'all doing no i turned back and looked at my team and said don't put me a corner again <laughs> um and they didn't so that worked um but uh we really it's it, it's just proving that um you know kansas city's defense was never good they don't have a good defense now they haven't the last three years they've just been getting carried by a great offense a historically great offense but now People have figured out a way to stop it. People have figured out a way to control it. Patrick Mahomes turned the ball over more times than he ever has in a season, and we're four games in. That's crazy to think about, but he's becoming guardable. They're becoming human, and because of that, their defense isn't able to pick up the slack, and they're they're just getting crushed. And, And I think ultimately that's the takeaway. The defense isn't good, and now that the offense is becoming average, the defense looks the even defense worse. Looks even worse, but it's the same defense. So don't be fooled; they were never a good defensive mm-hmm. team. They never were. They just got lucky that Mahomes could score forty points a game. Yeah, I mean, it's just a shootout with the best offense of all time for the last two years. Yeah. My question is, how bad did Tampa Bay really mess them up with that Super Bowl win? <laughs> yeah, I mean, something about uh, Tampa Bay figured out something about that offensive line. And even rebuilding the offensive line, it's something about the playbook itself and the way the blocks are designed that people seem to be figuring out and they're getting pressure on the homes and making those throws harder. And it helps when the Ravens unlock the cheat code where you put your fastest defensive back on Tyree Kill <laughs> and you just run a race with him. Pretty much. That is pretty much all you have to do with him. For me, I don't know what is what was up with kickers this weekend. Yeah. I actually looked up. There were... 16 missed field goals, 13 missed extra points. That's the most in one weekend in NFL history. I don't know what I don't know what happened. Maybe it was just 
It's just a bad weekend. To it be was thinking. real windy all weekend around here, so that's <laughs> that's my excuse. It was just windy everywhere. Maybe so. All I'm gonna say is one. Uh, Chris Boswell didn't miss any of his kicks. That's all uh, I'm gonna say. I don't think uh, Cairo Santos did either. Hey, did he? look at our teams. All right, but you know enough about the biggest takeaway. We all know what the actual biggest takeaway from this weekend yeah. is, and it involves a team that you were very high on to start the season in John Gruden and the Vegas Raiders. Now, if you have not heard, let me summarize it pretty quickly for you. About, what, last week was when the first email came out? Uh, An email from 2011 in which John Gruden said some very not, we're not even going to go into detail on what he said, uh, not very nice things about the uh, person in charge of the NFLPA. And, you know, some after one week, some people were like, you know, it was from 2011, 10 years ago. Let's face it, things were different 10 years ago. Yeah. And some people were like, okay, we'll let it slide. And, and there were a lot of people in the community that were saying it wasn't it wasn't like he used a slur necessarily. He said something that was offensive, but not direct. It was indirectly yeah. a racist statement. And so, but it's a statement that could be applicable to anybody and offensive to anybody he wasn't going at his race he was going just taking a shot at the person and so a lot of people were like you know it's not good it's not classy but you know it It, could have been worse and it was a long it was in 2011 when he wasn't even a coach in the nfl so so then they you know it was it was still around but not near as big of a deal they played your bears on sunday they lost bad yep wasn't really yeah it was not really a pretty game but uh, there was a Peter, Nathan Peterman signing, so that was a positive. <laughs> but uh, no, then Monday night, 7 o'clock, the New York Times released a very interesting article that showed many more not very good things that John Gruner said. Yeah. And not only from 2011, but from then all the way up to 2018. Now, let me first of all say the only reason these emails were discovered was because of a investigation into the Washington football team uh, this past uh, last summer, right before the whole 2020 uh, season happened, because they were investigating Daniel Snyder for being a massive scumbag. Let us see what we found on him, please. Exactly. That is one of the things, because the report that came out was they, from the investigation, the NFL found six, has been looking over 650,000 emails. And that's from an 11-month investigation. And the only news that they have released on that is the John Gruden emails that came out this week. And there were reports that the NFLPA wanted them to be released, but the NFL's like, no, we're, we don't we don't want to release them. You investigate for 11 months, and you have 650,000 emails to go through, and you're telling me the only thing you find from investigating the Washington football team is stuff that involved John Gruden, the former president of the team who is no longer with them, and then other people in some email group chat. I don't know what they're hiding. They're hiding something. They're hiding something big, and they're using this as cover fire. So please do not forget, Dan Snyder still needs to be held responsible for whatever he has done. Absolutely, but the John Gruden stuff did come out, called Roger Goodell some not very nice words, said that women didn't belong in football, uh, said that Roger Goodell pressured the Rams into drafting Michael Sam, the first uh, player that came openly gay before the draft. 
and you know many other things that I'm not going to bother going into detail because that would get this show canceled. Yeah. Uh, but uh, your well, I just want to hear your your thoughts on it. Um, you know, I didn't really agree with any of it. I thought the very first statement was wrong to begin with, but um, like a lot of people, I was like, you know, a long time ago, whatever. But, you know, as more stuff started to come out, I was like, yeah, this is not something that should be allowed in football. This is not somebody who should be coaching, um, especially, you know, the fact that the Oakland Raiders have the only active gay, openly gay football player on their team. I, I mean, I just don't know how the locker room was going to work after that came out. Um, and as we've seen females becoming bigger parts in football officiating wise. Um, so I think that ultimately John Gruden was wrong with what he's saying. And I think the Raiders made the right decision because I think ultimately this is going to get the distraction away from the team. And now everybody's got, everybody would have been focused on John Gruden before, but now it's not affecting the rest of the team because he's separate from the team. It maybe will go another week or two where you're going to hear questions and press conferences to the players, but it's not going to follow them all season. It will follow John Gruden probably for the rest of his life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, he did officially. This article came out 7 o'clock Monday night, right whenever Monday Night Football is starting. Not even hour, not even hour, not even two hours later, he announced yeah. he was resigning. And I'm going to be honest, from what I heard, it was that Mark Davis drove up to the facility and was looking for Gruden, and they talked, and then he announced his resignation. It was the Raiders gave him the choice. You yep. can have the respectful resignation way, or we're going yeah. to fire you. Yeah, there was there was no, I'm, I'm going to choose to resign. It was no, you're either resigning or we're going to have to fire you. Yeah, it was a mutual separation. <laughs> yeah, but for, uh, non besides that, I mean, that was some bad stuff Gruden said. It was not, not even close to anything good. No. But – like you said, this was an investigation into the Washington football team and They're, how and how bad of a person Daniel Snyder is for the way they harassed women in their building and the way they made the cheerleaders of the team. I'm not even going to go in detail on that. That's in that article if you want to read that. But, you know, it's just – and now, you know, we're asking, you know, what else was in the emails? If there's 650,000, there has to be something besides that. And the NFL's not releasing it. This is this is out. This is ridiculous. People want to see it because they want to know. Um, yeah, and it, it's only going to get worse. Right now, the NFL PA is petitioning to have these emails released. Um, and if they don't come out, then then the NFL will probably have a lawsuit on their hands to get the emails out. And then by that point, we'll probably see the emails come out. But the NFL is going to fight as hard as they can. Um, but the right thing to do right now is release the emails and make yourself look good. Because if you fight this all the way and then it comes out and all these terrible things are in this email. It makes you look a whole lot worse. The league could be in a lot of trouble because there could actually, if you're hiding this, this is withholding evidence. If truly illegal things are going on, truly terrible things, you know, now we're withholding evidence. And now the NFL is, the people in the NFL are going to be held legally responsible for these actions so i think the right thing to do if you're the nfl is get this out here and make yourself look like the good guy because if this goes on much longer 
you're the bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. Could not have said it better uh, myself. Because, I mean, let's face it. There had been, like I said, those reports about Dan Snyder. But also, why not if the John Gruden stuff got released, which was horrible stuff. It's not, I don't, you know, yeah. not taking away from John Gruden. He shouldn't have said what he said. No. But if that's getting released, what are they hiding? It's got to be something even worse than calling Roger Goodell some some slur. It's worse than saying women don't belong in the NFL. It's it's something much much worse and something that it sounds like would cost Dan Snyder the the ownership to his team. Well, he should have he should have sold him like years ago because he is a scumbag. I agree. But Besides the investigation, let's talk about the Raiders really quick. This is a team that you had high hopes on at the start of the year. They started 3-0. They had two straight losses. And now this thing, this whole thing with John Gruden has happened. Do what where do the Raiders go from here? Um uh, obviously you want to try and go and uh, ignore it and you just want to go back to playing the same football that you you started the season playing. But I think it will be hard for a lot of guys to just, you know, regain focus. I think this could definitely uh, have an effect on the way Carl Nassib plays this year. Um, I think it'll be better for him that he's not playing under the same coach. But I think this could be something that, you know, he's going to have to deal that's going to be on his mind the rest of the season. I think if anybody will continue to get questions about this all year from the Raiders organization, he will be at the top of that list. And so I could see that being something that affects him. And if that does affect him, that's one of their very best defensive linemen. Uh, and so if he's not in the right headspace, their defense could be in trouble. Absolutely. And then you look at the fact that Derek Carr's future entering the season when they were doing good was already in question. Now you add that John Gruden's gone. You know, you wonder what you wonder what the Raiders do this offseason. Do they make some moves? Maybe they don't they let Derek Cargo, maybe they make some trades to maybe start over. But all that matters is you have to find a new coach and you have to do your due diligence on him yeah. to make sure. Because if you don't, then this, then then they're not going to look at that other coach nearly as bad. They're going to look at, do the Raiders even do background checks on any yeah. coaches? Um, And I think that this is a prime opportunity for finally Eric Bieniemy to get a chance to coach. Um, and so th- this could be a, a good off season for him. And I think if they bring him in, you keep Derek Carr and Devonte Adams has alluded to it so many times this past off season. He wants to play with Derek <laughs> Carr. I think if you're in the business of making good decisions in the NFL, whatever happens with Derek Carr, if you want Devonte Adams, Derek Carr should be your top target because these two guys have talked about all offseason how they are best friends. They love their time together in college, and they would love to play with each other (laughs) uh, at some point in their careers. Um, And so that's going to be coming to a crossroads here when Derek Carr's future uncertain this offseason, and Devontae Adams is completely free. He will be able to choose wherever he wants to go, and I think Derek Carr is the key to getting ahead in that sweepstakes. Uh, 100% agree. But, you know, that's pretty much what we know about the emails and the whole drama and all that right now. I'm sure there's going to be – I'm hoping there's a lot more that comes out because everyone wants the answers. Everyone wants to know what what is going on. So – but – 
you know, enough about that. Let's talk about our teams from this from this past weekend. Surprisingly, both our teams won. Yeah. And the one that's super surprising is is uh doesn't really make sense to me. But let's talk about, you know, your Bears first who beat, like I said, who beat the Raiders pretty good. Beat them pretty good without David Montgomery. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes to show that the offensive line is more real than people thought coming into this season. A lot of people said, don't play Justin Fields this season. He's going to get hurt. He's going to die. He's going to blow out his knees. No, he's not. We went out and we got Jason Peters, and he has played phenomenal. Jason Peters, I do not know why you're not still a Philadelphia Eagle, um, but I will take it. Thank <laughs> you very much. We needed some help at left tackle after Tevin Jenkins sustained that injury, um, and he's going to miss a good amount of time. I'm hoping that he's able to come back this season and take that right tackle spot, and then we'd be real solid on the line. But Cody Whitehair, James Daniels were great last season. They've been great their entire Chicago Bears career. So both of those guys weren't in question. Really, you're just looking at right tackle and left guard as our really, you know, iffy positions. Iafetti um, in one of those spots. Um, and Jermaine Iafetti hasn't really been Super great for us. But this season, especially last week, he was good. And so this offensive line really has helped us sustain a good running game. And we saw with David Montgomery, just power run, power run, power run. He is insane how well he runs the football. But it's always great to have your backup running back be a guy that should have been the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> a weird. It's not bad to have that, I guess. Um. So... It blows my mind that, you know, the Chiefs were just so willing to let him walk. Um, they were so in on Clyde edwards Elayer, And no offense to Clyde edwards Elayer, elite-level guy. But they could have had a two-headed monster running back, and they really could use Damian Williams right now with Clyde edwards Elayer on the IR. But we're benefiting right now because we're in the same situation the Chiefs are as far as starting running backs go, except we have the backup. And... <laughs> He ran the ball pretty darn well this past week, got himself a big-time touchdown, and so I think that sets us up that we've got a great rush offense, and that allowed Justin Fields to really excel throwing the football. Absolutely. I was about to say, I didn't get to really watch the whole game, but you know, from the parts I saw, I mean, y'all just completely dominated, dominated the Raiders, a team for the Raiders that had shown how good of a defense that they had yeah. at the start of the year. Y'all had pretty much firm control of that game. There's not a point I was looking at, Man, maybe the Raiders can come back. No, there was there was not a single point in that game where I was like, "There's no way the Bears yeah. don't win this game." I mean, the defense was even stifling. Big takeaways. DeAndre Houston Carson, second interception of his career in that game, and he played the ball perfectly. Yeah, but a big win for the Bears as that that puts y'all now at three and two. Three and two, going with Green facing Green Bay this weekend with potentially first place in the NFC North on the line. It's on the line. For the Steelers, um, first of all, uh, I don't. Uh, we we actually looked good this weekend, and you know, for Grant McNew, I tried talking to him after we beat his Broncos. Was not in the happiest mood. Uh, I I can understand it. If Big Ben is dicing you up, I'd yeah. probably stop watching football too. <laughs> yeah, but the key to this game, what happened was we didn't build it around Ben, which is why we won the game. We, yeah, we said we're building around the first round pick of a running back that we had, Najee Harris. 122 what? yards rushing. We ran it 23 times. Ben only threw it 25 times. That and that 23 times for Najee, we ran it more with other guys, but 25 passes for Ben. 
that's the way we're going to win games. It's not by, not by having Ben throw 50 passes a game. It's by using the run, going through Najee. Now, there was, I mean, besides that, Ben actually looked good. He did. He did. Have, he threw a deep pass down the field. You know, those are <laughs> those are rare nowadays. But, but you know, it, the offense looked like it was functioning. It did. Uh, and then for the defense, you know, I'm, I was never really worried about, I'm never really worried about the defense. It's just been the offense. And Denver, I mean, there was just, they t- it took them forever to get going in that game. So we had it a did. 24-6 lead. Uh, for the most part, and then they started coming back at the end of the game, and I'm like, oh, oh no, no, don't, don't you dare, don't Not you now. dare do this to me. But luckily, they got really close. But James Pierre, the defensive back, made a great play. Who, when he had almost had a game stealing interception a few plays before that, and made a big play on fourth and goal to help us get the win. Now we're still two and three. Don't get me wrong, but. If we continue to build the game plan around Najee, I think that could lead to success for us. And also, bad news, we did lose Juju for the season, a a shoulder injury he suffered. Listen, I know what I said about him last year, about how I would want him to leave. But let let me be frank. I love Juju. He's, He's probably one of the nicest guys I've ever seen on an NFL team. But uh, if I'm being honest, he signed a one-year contract with us as a prove-it as a prove-it contract, not as a I can't I want to come back and this is what they're offering me. It was I'm going to show my worth this year and get paid. And now he has this injury happen. You know, I don't think he's returning to the Steelers next year. I don't either. Yeah. So I, I hate that this is potentially the last thing we're going to remember of him as an injury because he's had some really good plays, had multiple 99-yard touchdowns for the Steelers. Yeah. So, you know, I just hate to see that. But besides that, I was really happy with how the game went this weekend. So now we will move into the game picks for this weekend. Let's start with your Bears taking on the Green Bay Packers. Like I said, first place in the NFC North on the line. Your Bears looked good last week. The Packers have had a lot of injuries on their defense this year which, you know, gives you a thought. Could y'all do it? I don't remember for sure if it's at Green Bay or if it's in... It's in Soldier Field. It's in Soldier Field. That helps even more. Uh, Do you think the Bears will get it done? Absolutely. I'm probably going to pick the Bears every single time we talk (laughs) about them. I won't even lie. I just... You never know. I'm that kind of guy. Um, It's just going to have to be that way, but... You got more confidence than me. But I am entirely 100% confident we can get it done. We have, I mean, we have forced good quarterbacks this season to make mistakes. Derek Carr, Joe Burrow. I mean, we're just a hounding and harassing defense. Now, Aaron Rodgers is definitely a tier above those guys that I just named. But still, I think we can control this game. Our secondary has looked much better than I thought it would this year, and that's just big, too. Um, Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor. Both of those young guys, Vildor in his third year, Jalen Johnson in his second year, both of those guys have stepped up and just honestly showed out. They're not allowing a lot of yards. They're getting stops. Now, Devontae Adams is a whole nother <laughs> puzzle to figure out, but Jalen Johnson was fantastic last year as a rookie, and so that involved facing the Packers twice last year. He's been one of the best corners in the league this year 
maybe second or third best corner in the league. He'd have an argument for first if Trayvon Diggs didn't have six interceptions. Okay, well, let, let's get this out. Come on. You, I know he has six interceptions, but the yardage he allows, I don't. I just don't like it from Diggs. I, I think he's so super overrated. I, I think if you're a, you're getting six interceptions in five games, you're taking the ball. I, I think when your takeaways are that much, you're taking away any yards you're giving up. All right. All um, right. <laughs> but I, I just think that, our secondaries looks good, and our Justin Fields continues to become more and more confident. No interceptions last week, no turnovers at all. He did fumble the ball, but we got it back. Um, but Justin Fields has looked solid each and every week. He's getting better. He's becoming more comfortable with the offense. And Damian Williams showed last week that even without David Montgomery, our run game can still be good. And hopefully we'll be getting Tariq Cohen back very soon and he'll be able to add another level to that passing game um, coming from the backfield. Yeah. Uh, listen, I like I like your Bears. I, I like them. But I've been, I've been wanting to say this. I'm going to go with the Packers. You know why? Because Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Sorry, I've, I've always wanted to say that. I've, I've always wanted to say that. But, no, I think the difference will be – Aaron Jones, I think he'll have a. I think he could potentially have a big game, whether that be catching or running. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think this will be a high-scoring affair, but solely because of Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Packers. And then we'll check on the Sunday night game. I don't know how this game's still on Sunday night football. You have Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks taking on Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got? Um, honestly, the Seahawks have been very unimpressive all season, and that was when they had a top ten quarterback <laughs> in football. Um, I, I just think their defense has been abysmal this year. It is the worst in the league. Um, and so I, I think that honestly, I, I think Big Ben's going to dice. I, I, I think that I think that uh, Pittsburgh's going to take this one. Hey, there we go. Uh, listen, you know, I as I'm gonna pick the Steelers because this is I feel confident with this, but at the same time, I don't know why Gino worries me. Hey, if he After, shows flashback to West Virginia, Gino, we're in trouble. Yeah, but all, there's that, and also Blake Bortles reportedly was in for a tryout for Seattle this week, and I'm, I was getting flashbacks to the Steelers Jaguars game from a few years ago. Oh my goodness! But overall, everything you said was just about right. And overall, I think. We as good as this, as rare as this is to say this year, we do have the better quarterback in this game. Yeah. And as long as we do, we did last week build around Najee. Yeah, I think the Steelers will be fine, and I'm going to go with them. And then our final game, there's really you know not nearly as good a match overall, but I think this one should be one of the top ones of the weekend. You have the five and zero Arizona Cardinals, led by the uh, leading candidate for MVP in Kyler Murray. Going to Cleveland to take on a Browns team that may be three and two, but they have shown they are one of the best in the NFL. Who you got? Um, I got in this one, uh, Arizona. I think that it's been on display that really the defense that they built in Cleveland against the the better teams in this league, like the Chargers, where's the stop? Where's the stops? Why are you paying Jadavion Clowney this much money to come in for one year and you can't pressure the quarterback? Sounds all like the Titans last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I 
Uh, no offense to Jadavion Clowney, but he hasn't looked the same since that first season in the NFL. Um, and so it, it's, it really makes you start to wonder when do we, you know, when do we appropriately value Jadavion Clowney in this league? Um, you know, I was big on him last year. I was big on him coming into this year. But it just seems like these last couple of years, he has not made a single bit of difference um, with the team that he's playing with as far as pressures go. Titans couldn't get pressure last year. Uh, Browns, besides Miles Garrett, nobody else is getting in there. Um, and so it really makes you wonder, uh, what, what do the Browns have? And I think a, a team you need to get pressure on, is the Cardinals. I, I, Kyler Murray's great on the run. Don't get me wrong. But a pressured quarterback is always better than an unpressured <laughs> one. Um, and so I, I think you need a defense that's going to get at it. You need to get stops in the secondary and a relatively young secondary with uh, some veteran options out there in the receiving core for the Cardinals. So I like the Cardinals in this one. Hey, okay. Listen, I've been high on Kyler Murray all year because, you know, let's just face it, I, I'm a He's one of my favorites right now, but I don't see the Browns losing this game. It's in Cleveland, you know, coming off that week against the Chargers. You know, that, their offense played terrific in that game, and they still somehow lost. So I think this is going to be an absolute shootout, maybe a good old-fashioned Big 12 shootout. Hey, both those guys, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, familiar with the Big 12 shootout. Exactly. So I think it's going to be a shootout, and also the Cardinals are destined to lose at some point, and I think it happens this week. I'm going to go with the Browns. Gotcha. But that's going to do it for our NFL edition of the Bold Take Podcast. I will give you a little spoiler. We have a special episode that will be dropping Tuesday right before the NBA season tips off. You're not going to want to miss that one. But that will be it for this episode. With me, as always, Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter, and we want to thank you for listening.